Today we are here with Stephen. Minya zavut mogol and khakis. Adin, dva, tri, chitiri, piat. Oh boy. Um, chest, siem, forcium, and I forget eight and nine, but that's what I got. Um, that makes no sense to anybody, at least contextually, but today's guest, who is also doing the counting game on, on their fingers. So I'm glad that I've started us off on a very solid on on topic uh, track here, Danny. And Bess. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Creating Magic. I'm your host, Rich Bess. <laughs> I love it. Stephen and I were talking today about how you have just like that calm, soothing voice to just listen to. I say it's a uh, leftover from psychology graduate school where you start practicing your therapist voice and Apparently that just translates over very well. Yeah, I was going to say there are like a couple different approaches. I mean, there's more than a couple, but I'll simplify it for the sake of this being our podcast and I can do whatever the hell I want. There are a couple different approaches to being a radio uh, host, DJ, you know, you name it. And you can go with the loud and brash and says whatever's on his mind approach, which Steven. hello. My name is Elder Steven, and I would like to share with you my loud, annoying takes. And then you can go with the super calm, like very reassuring, like NPR-esque voice, which just centers you and relaxes you and soothes you. And that's what you've got going on. So this is going to be a fun yin-yang podcast, I feel. Indeed. It'll be interesting to see how those two approaches meld, although I do get excited during interviews. There, it's going to be interesting to see how they meld, particularly for Danny, who has to do the edit and try to get the level of the sound of whatever the hell I do versus whatever you've got going on. So, uh, Danny, have fun. Let's start off with your house, your Patronus, and the name of your podcast. My house is Ravenclaw. My Patronus, according to Pottermore, was something very underwhelming. It was like a brown dog or something. So I went and took a BuzzFeed quiz and got a Dumbo octopus, and I like that much better. I, I think it would be hard to be sad and afraid with a little Dumbo octopus chasing a Dementor around. For those of us listening and or potentially recording who don't know octopi variants what is a dumbo octopus because i'm imagining dumbo the elephant just like like kind of meshed into an octopus which is not something that's computing in in my uh in, in my mind grapes well they actually went viral a couple of years ago so if you go into any gif search and just put in dumbo octopus you will see them they're very cute they're like a little marble with sort of a handkerchief skirt of legs and then two big ears so I'm not going to see a scary looking octopus if I search for this, because that's really going to throw off my sleep schedule. No, they're very cute. You should be okay. Yeah, they're very adorable. Unless you're a dementor, because that chasing you might be a little scary. One of the gifs is, again, they're just a little round ball with like a handkerchief of legs, and it's hiding behind its own legs because it's feeling shy. 
Oh, I like that. I see Stephen is not a fan. <laughs> there are certain things that I will just never, ever accommodate to when it comes to the greater animal kingdom out there. One is a jellyfish room at an aquarium. Two is any form of octopus. Three spiders for snakes. Sorry, just never going to happen. Like oh, people see. have snake pets. And I do a lot of weird things and a lot of things that people would probably want to check in on and be like, is he okay? People who have snake pets concern me. That is my best friend you're talking about, right? Uh, no, look, I'm sure your best friend's a lovely person, but they concern me. <laughs> I just, ugh, ugh. like, are, do you cuddle with snakes? Can you pet a snake? Is the snake going to just attack you and kill you and then let your body lay forever in its chamber? Like, how does that work? Well, that would be silly. If it killed you, the ferrets would eat you. Oh, even better. Great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. I, I'm on board now. Yeah, you just you just completely changed my point of view. I'm sold. <laughs> Danny, let's get a let's get an official podcast snake. As long as it's staying at your house. And if we're using your family's naming of animals, we'll just call it Snakey. We had creative names mixed. What in. was your cat's name? Kitty. What was your fish's name? Fish. Okay, I I, I rest my case. Snakey the snake. Yeah, no, that's that's not good. Fish had a reason to be named Fish. Uh, sure, let's go with that. I guess maybe a better place to take this conversation than my abstract but very hyper-specific fear of certain animals is, Bess, where does your Potter journey begin? Take us back to the genesis of that. Well, as my mom is fond of reminding me, um, she heard that Harry Potter was cool before I did because I was in elementary school. So she ensured that we had, my sister and I each had an American copy and a British copy of each book. Uh, and we started going to the midnight releases. We went to the UK to visit family and stopped in at Harrods and bought a copy of Goblet of Fire, I believe it was. But I've always been more of like a fandom of fandom. So my my big passion was like the local conferences, conventions that they had in like in my city and then in college a friend of mine introduced me to the band all caps who are defunct now and they dissolved under um ignominious i guess conditions um because the one of the the people in the band was caught in the um the, like the 2014 Me Too sexual abuse, sexual harassment scandal, and was outed as being uh, inappropriate in relationships. But at the time, they were new and exciting, and my friend Morgan introduced me to them, and they went on tour. So we made shirts for the Raffle Cop tour, and we drove from our school in Newport News, Virginia, down to North Carolina, and stayed with my aunt and uncle there. And saw all caps in person. And along with them were the Whomping Willows, the Parcel Mouths, Justin Finch, Fletchley, and the Sugar Quills. And I was sold. Did you go to CNU? I did. 
Very cool. I don't know anyone that knows that school except people who've been there. I grew up in North Carolina. And so um, the majority of people I went to school with ended up all at Chapel Hill or, you know, NC State or ECU. But, you know, there's like a, oh, I'm sure there's some statistician kind of scatter plot type thing or whatever. But there's like a smattering kind of as you extend into Virginia and South Carolina of people who end up outside the state. And yeah, I, I knew a couple of people, um, not my year, but I think the year above me who ended up at CNU. Um, yeah, small world. Um, so then I guess pre-Potter journey, because this is a question I feel like I assume I know the answer to, but maybe I'm wrong, is did you grow up listening to radio? That is a harder question than previously anticipated. My, um, I guess, contemporary media consumption was fairly limited. My my parents didn't have cable TV. They limited our TV a lot. I didn't know that there were other radio stations except the um, classic rock station until probably middle school. So uh, some, but mostly I just read and was outdoors. Lots of barefoot. There was a big woods behind my house that was owned by the cemetery on the other side. Spent a lot of time there. Made potions out of strange berries we found. Well, it looks like you survived said potions and didn't poison yourself at all. True. Just don't ask about our younger sisters. So for your interest in the Harry Potter community, is it mostly in the wizard rock realm of things? It's been more complicated lately as the fandom has its reckoning with uh, JKR and her transphobia and racism and history of these behaviors. Um, I do love Wizard Rock. That is my, that has my heart. Um, I love the, the community, the people, the creative projects that come out. But I do enjoy other aspects of the fandom. Fan fiction, for example, I talk about it sometimes on, on the show. I adore fan fiction. I borrowed my Slither Spouse's e-reader so often to download fan fiction onto it from AO3 that he bought me my own. So I would stop. You just super casually dropped in the phrase Slither Spouse. And Mm -hmm. that just needs a moment of its own to be recognized and adored because that's incredible. Look, I don't have a spouse to speak of, much less a spouse who's into Harry Potter. But Slither Spouse, that is, is there a house equivalent for uh, Griffin? No, Huffle, Huffle Park? No. Huffle Hubs comes up a lot. Huffle Hubs. And then there's, these are all um, terms that I've gotten from the PHRC in the Ravenclaw Tower. People talk about their spouses that way. So Griffin Wife, Huffle Hubs. And so there's us. <laughs> Getting back to your really well thought out response, Bess, is you said, you know, you, you love Wizard Rock and that has your heart. How come? That was not on the outline. I do not have a ready-made answer for that. Oh, 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 time out. Time, time the fuck out. <laughs> You're getting so, me in trouble. Oh boy, are you? This is great. Bess, you are now one of my favorite guests. So, 
<laughs> we recorded an episode, a little peek behind the, the proverbial curtain here for all listeners. We recorded an episode last night. Um, and during that episode, I mentioned I got off topic. Or I didn't think I was off topic, but I got off topic, according to Danny, to which I said there was no conversation guide. So how can I get off of topic when I didn't know there was an on topic to be on? Fast forward to tonight, where apparently there is a guide and it was never shared with me. It was never once revealed to me. Nothing. So, no, honestly, even if he had a guide, I can't control what he's going to say. So it's well, never totally, all going to be there. Well, well, which totally fair. But if there, if I knew a guide existed, I would at least try to adhere like, you know, two thirds to, to what you have on there. But apparently there is one. So I rescind my question. I'm just going to go on mute and you guys can have your own conversation about whatever this guide was. Muggle and khakis muted. It was a very brief overview. I work from a script for all of my episodes. We very clearly do not. <laughs> um, so, yes, it was it was very brief. And I believe we've covered most of it already. So please come back, Stephen. We need you. You keep it alive and vibrant. He's, he's not going to return until he has something to say now. We think you're charming and creative and witty and we love listening to you <laughs> you've obviously listened to the pod you know how to flattery, get flattery will get you everywhere but my silence now is more directed at my esteemed co-host who apparently doesn't trust me with things like outlines so best flattery has won me over know that in my heart of hearts but danny i am muted specifically and exclusively for you Take that for engaging, uplifting content, listeners. So as Stephen was saying, (laughs) I don't even know how he worded the question. I guess the thing about Wizard Rock is that it basically is fan fiction. You can be as canon compliant or canon non-compliant as you want. Um, Like, Harry and the Potters, they stick quite close to canon. So they have songs like Cordelia's Fudge is an Ass. I think that is fairly representative of Harry's opinion. Save Ginny Weasley, their most famous song, arguably. And then there's bands like Totally Canuts, who is fairly new, but is currently working on a project where they take characters and write them as explicitly queer in their music. So they recently had two albums come out Witches Loving Witches and Wizards Loving Wizards. So I guess it's kind of a way to read fan fiction at all times without actually having to be reading at all times. You can listen to Wizard Rock while driving or doing dishes. You can evoke whatever emotions you want. Like the the Pedia Comp Club, of which I am part of the team, full disclosure. The first album just came out and the theme is back to the beginning. So there are songs about a band's first show, the first time they performed, uh, the first time they read a Harry Potter book, the feeling of first joining the fandom and being able to just evoke those emotions at will. I don't know. There's just something really incredible about that to me. So how do you take this love of Wizard Rock 
and then create a podcast and you have your podcast wizard radio but also it's like a radio show versus what we do like it really feels like the radio show that you're just listening to at night in the car thank you that was my goal there have been attempts over the years to create wizard rock radio like the rock box um but for reasons that i don't know because i wasn't involved they've all failed but i've always wanted a wizard rock radio show just a station you could tune into i don't know how to make a radio show but i did kind of know how to make a podcast you need a microphone recording software and you put it somewhere online so since no one else was making it i did it and that's basically the entirety of the process i just really wanted it so it exists now danny you were part of that process we were podcast siblings at the beginning we really were we bounced off a lot of ideas because we were launching around the same time and we were like figuring out how to do this yeah I think I still have some of the emails that you sent for our big plans and dreams before gestures at the world and now it's been a year I know. for both of us yeah that's crazy. Yeah, wonderful, though. I think we've achieved some pretty awesome things in the intervening time. Definitely. And then you have, correct me if I'm wrong, permission from all the rock bands you play to play the music. All to the best of my ability. Some are defunct. Some have not responded to me. Uh, but yes, as, as much as I can, I do get permission. And I'm still trying to get permission, so... If you're a wizard rocker, please email me. And I, I, it's important to me that I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of the community. So I transcribe all my episodes and I put links to where you can buy the songs if they're available for purchase or download. Because it's not about me at any point. It's about the wizard rock community and making sure that wizard rock gets out in the world. Conversely, this entire podcast is a vanity project to fuel my ego. So um, I couldn't not relate to that anymore. Um, good God. You know, I, sometimes I wonder, like, there have to be some listeners out there who don't realize that, like, 75% of the jokes and the bravado I put on here are a bit. And they, like, probably think this is the real me. And don't get me wrong, the real me is still kind of an asshole and still is heavily sarcastic. But yeah, I just, th- th- there have to be some people out there who are like, wow, like Stephen really is incredibly narcissistic. Um, when like that just couldn't be any further from the truth, at least I don't think. Maybe I'm very off base with my own kind of self analysis here. But um, anywho, that's all to say. A question, because this is not a Stephen reflects on his life and personality podcast, but rather a podcast where this is working too well. My question is, you know, what have you learned either slash both about yourself as you've 
launched this podcast over the past year and 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 it's evolved and progressed as well as the wizard rock community well the thing i've learned about myself is that i'm even more anxious than i was previously aware of every time and there've been a few now you know someone asks me on their show like this or gives a shout out in unexpected space I was joking with my southern spouse. I feel like a cockroach and the light's just been turned on in the kitchen. I freeze and then I want to hide under the fridge. Because I am am not by nature a particularly public person. (laughs) Um, But it does make me really happy that people are enjoying the show so much and that it's achieving what I wanted. There are enough now that you can listen to WZRD all day at work, just like a normal radio show. And I think that's really nice. And the Wizard Rock community, I think the thing that is constantly surprising me is how accessible everyone is. Because of the aforementioned anxiety, it's very hard for me to cold email people for you know, interviews or permission. And when I mentioned this on Twitter once, I was I was having to book people for interviews and I was like, cold emailing is hard. Everyone just come to me instead. And they did. <laughs> so I had my next three months of interviews booked because people were like, yes, I'm happy to help you with that. Let me come talk about music with you. Have your perceptions of the music itself changed? over the past year and not that you're necessarily looking at the music now through a critical lens. Cause you're not, you're, you're, you're at least my interpretation is you're, you know, promoting any and all through the lens of a, of a, you know, a radio DJ, you know, but now that you're, you're listening to this music through the lens of someone who's putting out content about it, do you think about the music at all differently than you did when you were purely just engaging as a listener? I'm not sure I understand the question. Entirely. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand it either. I, I guess because you know, for us, going, you know, I've always consumed Harry Potter, but now as someone who talks about Harry Potter on a weekly basis, often through a different lens, you know, than just solely watching it on my couch or reading it on my couch, I definitely think about the series differently than I did, you know, kind of before I, you know, before the cave, right? And now that, you know, I've come out of the cave, I I have this whole different worldview on Harry Potter because I talk about it so frequently through the lens of this podcast. So I guess if there is an answer, if not, Dan can just cut all this shit out, is, you know, have you, do you find yourself consuming Wizard Rock and thinking about it differently now that you have a podcast that, that you have to put, you know, funnel content into versus when you were just listening to it as a fan before. Well, I guess I have two modes of listening now. One is almost frantically because there's so much wizard rock in the world. And, you know, I theme some of my episodes, so I have to know what songs are about so I can dig them up later. I currently have over 4,000 songs in my library just for WZRD. And I have over 130 or 40 items in my shopping list. Each one of those is a song or an album or a band's entire oeuvre. So there is frantic listening where I'm trying to memorize as fast as I can, as hard as I can, just imprint my brain. But there's also just listening with 
joy being involved. You know, I know a little bit about a little bit about what's gone into the music, and I can appreciate the variety more. There's everything from metal. I can't say which subgenre of metal because I don't know them very well. But there's Slytherin black metal, maybe the band. There's rap. There's ska. There's polka. And just, I guess, joy and maybe gratitude for being part of the community. If that's not too cheesy. I just I love the energy and and the people, and it makes me really happy. So when you do, because I know you have gone to conventions, like Stephen and I aim for the marketplace. When there's like Wizard Rock there, is that like your main go-to or are you a more all the things con goer? All the things pretty intently for sure. I do go to all of the concerts uh, in part because I love the music and in part because so many of them are my friends now. At the last MistyCon, uh, Scott Vaughn of the Blueberry Humdingers yelled across the, the lobby, it's Bess! And I felt like it was, you know, like Christmas morning, right? I'd just seen Santa, you know, I was being accepted and acknowledged by these really cool people. They remembered me. Um, I also really love the in-universe educational panels. I love all the divination where they teach you tassomancy or cardamancy. I went to a lecture on, what was the book that Ron got for his birthday? Seven fail-safe ways to charm witches. Yeah, some, some number, some multiple of that, yeah. I went to a panel on that. I love that. I love the immersive studies. My biggest complaint when I was younger about the series was when the textbooks came out. And as I mentioned, I'm a Ravenclaw and I was ready. I wanted a 500 page magical creature, fantastic beasts and where to find them book. I wanted to go in there and annotate everything. I wanted to learn the heights and weights and geographic locations and dietary plans for every animal. And the fact that it was like 80 pages long was the hugest disappointment of my life. (laughs) Still a little bitter. Well, at least now you kind of get some more animals in the Fantastic Beasts movies. (laughs) Or at least we have the illustrated edition. (laughs) I don't engage significantly with official merchandise anymore so i have not seen any of the fantastic beast movies after the first one and i'm still debating with myself about the collecting the illustrated books so mm-hmm. i'm afraid i can't no that fantasy on that one but we've we've heard a lot of like people and the community having to make those decisions on what they're willing to partake of within the community and what that looks like for merchandise and going to the parks. Like it's just one of those things that each individual person kind of has to make that decision on their own and how they feel and how they choose to, I, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Engage. That word <laughs> to engage with the Potter community. Yeah. And for me, the big thing has always been the fandom. 
if I had been born five years later, I might have been a Percy Jackson fan. In the same way that I'm a Harry Potter fan, I do enjoy the books. Yeah, that makes sense. So the fact that there's so much fanfic and wizard rock and fan creations, that's enough for me. You know, that that's where I am. That's where my passions are. So what more do you want to do with your lovely radio show? Is there something else? Or are you like on the track you're on or where do you want to take it? I just had to start thinking about that now because for me, it's not a lot of the, the podcasts that exist are like career paths for their, their producers. I don't know that I'd be comfortable making a career out of this, but it is a really fun passion of mine. And my Patreon just hit 25 patrons, which means I have to start selling merch now. (laughs) That was my promise. If there were 25 patrons, I would start doing merch. So that's the next thing. But I I don't know what will come after that. Do you want to give a little bit of a pitch for what the Patreon is all about and what your 25, and congratulations, by the way, subscribers um, get uh, content-wise there? Uh, Sure. It's very simple, the the WZRD Radio Patreon. It's two muggle dollars a month is how I put it. And that enables me to pay for hosting to do my second episodes every month and supports the Yes All Witches grant which is a grant run by Steph Anderson of Tonks and the R's to fund and support underrepresented voices in Wizard Rock. So it's for queer people, by indigenous and people of color, uh, anyone who isn't, doesn't feel as seen in the community. And that is basically what the Patreon is. Patrons get episodes a day in advance. They're getting a bonus episode this month for the anniversary. And they are going to have to help me pick what to sell as merch. They, my, my goal with it is just to have more voices in the creation of WZRD than just my own. I love the community and I want to make more of it. So that is the goal of pretty much everything to do with WZRD. I love it. And like, I am not a wizard rock person, but like, I will always listen to your episodes and I do find myself enjoying them, but it's just not an area of the fandom that I ever engaged in or like sought out to engage in. And then we've heard, Steven sing his, I know he knows at least one wizard rock song. He might know more than one. Maybe not. I, oh, I prop. What's the one? Um, Cho Chang by Swish and Flick. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> that is, that's the one. I, look, I feel like not dissimilar to the clones in Star Wars. I probably have some like latent coding in the recesses of my mind where if someone starts playing some other wizard rock, I've probably heard it and or drunkenly sang it at some point to where it will kick in and I'll be able just to go. But that's the one that I've got, you know, kind of evergreen. Well, Swish and Flick is a very good choice. They're very catchy and fun and 
an uncommon style, I think, in, in the community, especially uh, a few years back. Yeah, shout out to the Big Fat Lanyards live crew for introducing that beautiful piece of art into my life. Um, when you're on seven hours worth of live pin sales on Instagram Live, you need something to kind of get the people going. And boy, does that song on repeat from hours like four to seven do that. In when I lived up closer to DC, there's a burlesque troupe up there, the Evil League of Ecclesiasts. And every year they would have a Harry Potter themed show, which was incredible. There was a burlesque performer who had a fake eye, so she would perform as Mad-Eye Moody. Uh, one performer came out in a full, like, gimp suit with a dog head to be serious black. And they would all play very evocative, sexy burlesque music. But there was only ever one wizard rock song. And they would play it during during the waiting before time. And it was a swish and flick song as well. Uh, I don't remember the exact title, but it was um, I've Been a Very Naughty Girl This Year. And I always thought it was amazing that this incredible troupe only found one Christmas themed <laughs> wizard rock song for their show. So why don't we head into some Harry Potter opinions? Let's start with your favorite book, favorite movie, least favorite book, least favorite movie. Well, favorite is easy because they're both the same and it's Goblet of Fire. It looks like I've confused Stephen with this choice. Carry on. I, I won't say anything. Carry on. For one very simple reason, and that is uh, the good ship Victory. I am a hardcore Victory Hermione shipper, and his appreciation of her throughout that book, behind the scenes largely, and their happiness at the Yule Ball makes me so happy. <laughs> okay, you know what? Here's what I'll say. is If, if I limit my worldview of the Goblet of Fire movie solely to nothing but the Hermione and Victor court courtship romance affair feels like the wrong word so we'll stick with courtship or romance then yeah you know what goblet I, I I'm, I'm with you on that okay yeah that's all I need it just makes me so happy okay yeah you know the way he's doing those really weird stretching routines on the sands of the lake and then kind of does that little like sup girl kind of stare. Yeah, that that was that was, there there was some uh, electricity in the air that day. Um, and now you understand why I'm so passionately fond of fan fiction. Ah, uh, yeah, well, we are uh yeah, yes. <laughs> uh um you mentioned you like doing all of the kind of in-world um like lessons and and seminars at cons. What's been your most memorable, again, if lecture, seminar, panel, whatever you want to call it at a con? There are 
two, I think, that stand out, and both of them were at MystiCon. The first was the divination one, because MystiCon is themed as a ministry retreat. So they brought in this expert to teach ministry employees the basics of divination. So each got a cup of tea for tassomancy and a mirror for scrying and rune stones and a, um, what's the dangly thing in a clock? The pendulum. I was going to say, that's a Danny question. (laughs) Yes, we got like a pendulum pendant thing and it was just fun. I am a sucker for all manner of fortune telling. It's part of why I do the Wanda scopes, just because I think it's fun to to predict the future. And the other one was sort of half in world, half out. It was actually by um, Nigel Taylor, who passed recently, but he was talking about bullying in uh, both the Harry Potter world and in the real world and how we could use fandom tools to help lift up victims of bullying and perhaps prevent it in the future. And I, I enjoy when we, as a fandom, use those tools to affect real change in the real world. And so that one stuck with me very strongly as well. You know, I'll say, sitting here thinking about it, as Danny mentioned earlier, we love the vendor marketplaces at cons, but as you were just giving your response, I was thinking through a lot of the panels and and things that I've enjoyed. And as much as I love the vendor marketplace, what I love more than that, I think, and this is not a hot take, but a bold take, is getting the calendar of events ahead of time and creating a spreadsheet to try to color code everything I want to go to based on what type of event it is, how close in proximity proximity it is to other events. And then once the weekend's over, seeing like how I only made it like a fifth of the things I wanted to make it to because, you know, like I was taking photos of our friends in cosplay or something, right? Um, but getting the the lineup of panels ahead of time might be one of the things I miss the most about going to cons, which is a bizarre thing to say because not necessarily yeah, the panels. You say themselves. that and I agree. I'm like, I love when I get a schedule. Yeah. Participation, hmm. right? The possibility and potential within it. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is after we each get a schedule and pick what we want to do, we send it to each other and then compare it to see what overlaps. Well, yeah. Cause there's always inevitably for every, let's talk about herbology panel that Danny wants to go to. There's like a, you know, Aristotelian values and how they present themselves in the failings of the ministry panel that I want to go to. And so like, that's where we're like, all right, we'll split up for 45 minutes and we'll meet back at the vendor marketplace at 12. Um, Yeah. We have, we have fun doing that. And I will say volunteering at conventions, especially Harry Potter ones also very fun. I've thought about this a lot, not just because you get free access to the con, but because I feel like it's a great way to build kind of your own community within the community. Why do you find it so fun? Well, for one thing, it's an easy way to ensure that a thing you enjoy continues in the future. Um, But another completely shamelessly, you get the behind the scenes gossip. 
sign me up for a future con, Danny. I, I won't remember. Like, I'll buy a ticket, and then like two weeks later, I'll be like, oh fuck me. I. But next time there's a con that actually happens in person, God knows when that'll be. Danny, it is your job. In addition to providing me with an episode walkthrough ahead of time for whatever episode we we record, then to remind me to sign up to volunteer for something because I would enjoy that a lot. Yeah, conventions are very much like the the traditional metaphor of a duck, where above the surface, when you're a ten, you're like, oh, this is really fun. Everything's going so smoothly. Can panels are running ten minutes late? That's fine. And then you volunteer. And they're like, you will not believe who just ran away with all of the cables. And did you see we are out of bread and no one thought to buy microphones. And you get to see the the paddling underneath that makes it all possible. Yeah, I've volunteered at a few in within the last few years that they weren't Harry Potter specific, but it is a very interesting side to see of a convention. And I think right now we are looking at WikiCon Denver as the possible next convention. Yeah, that feels right. That said, we did apply. I got to check the email for that. I got to check the email for a lot of things that I've been neglecting, but um, we did apply for press for that. So um, that'll be a fun balancing act as this podcast becomes something that we actually do basically full-time at this point. I know it's part-time, but it's basically full-time is how do we balance over all your time? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it takes up a lot of time. To, the, the duck analogy is a good one. Because, um, look, I thoroughly enjoy all of the furious paddling under the water for podcasting. But there are times where I'm like, oh, I could be doing anything else right now. And instead, I am fighting with my editing software to just try to make this clip just a little bit cleaner, right? Um and then you have this argument of, does anyone even care if it's a little bit cleaner? Will they even notice? And then you're like, well, you always want to put out the best product possible, Stephen. You were raised as a perfectionist by two parents who always wanted you to strive for the best. So really, I have my own therapy session throughout the production and post-production of a podcast. And that is so far afield from talking about cons and Harry Potter opinions. But boy, well, we you went say, there. You know, maybe they will or won't notice. I podcast in a community of music professionals. I, I feel quite confident that they they would and do notice all of the flaws. Well, that's totally that's a whole different ballgame. Um, yeah, that's totally fair. I recorded an episode for the other podcast I do um, last week, and midway through the conversation, my guest mentioned that they had a certificate or degree or some form of qualification in audio engineering, and I was like, oh, so I really got to do like good with this one. Like, I can't just you know just kind of say cut and remove kind of my coughing and then call it an episode. Um, so I, I get that. So if you were to teach any class at Hogwarts and it's, it can even be one that does not currently exist, what class would it be? Ooh, critical thinking. I'm not remotely qualified for it. I would definitely need to bring in someone better qualified, like, the witches of which please but i think um i assume you know, other people have brought in things like math and literature maybe financial competency cooking like, the basics yeah it, it's something i wish was more explicitly taught when i was in school and i think being able to you know media literacy type things learning how to 
actively create your own uh, beliefs would be a very useful skill to teach. Not what's your favorite, because that's an unfair question, but what has been either the band or a song that's been stuck in your head uh, the most in the past couple weeks, month, what have you? Well, stuck in my head would probably be Percy and the Prefects because I just did an interview with them. So Scabbers and Ron has been in my head a lot. Your rat was a freaky little man. Um, but one of my favorite go-tos is How Airplanes Fly. Because he is... Inc- do you know him? Uh, well, I was... Because I do... Look... Research is a strong word for what I do to prepare for these episodes, but I do some form of effort. Um, and I was listening to some of your episodes earlier the other day, and oh, um, do they sing the song? No, Quidditch? Uh, oh, damn it. See, this is where, see, I was listening to some of your episodes, and I was doing some meal prep, and a, you know, a set of two or three would get done and you'd say, and this was this by Luna, not love good. And this was this by, and I said to myself, I should write down the ones I like. Cause then I have great conversation points for the podcast. And I just didn't do that. And here we are. Uh, anywho, I do, I, I am familiar, at least to the extent that I've heard them before on your podcast or on your radio show, but I'll go back on you. Don't mind me. I'm falling apart over here. We've broken Steven. I don't know what to do. This isn't how it normally goes. I kind of like it. <laughs> this is kind of how it normally goes. Sometimes uh, Danny edits it better uh, than other times, but this is fairly typical. Well, How Airplanes Fly does this incredible thing where he picks a relationship that you're kind of familiar with, like Molly and Arthur or Grindelwald and Dumbledore. And then really digs in to make you feel things about it. So like poetry in motion uh, is about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. It's from Dumbledore's perspective. And one of the lines is, uh, he's poetry in motion doesn't mean he'll never stop. <laughs> That's the one. Because it was such a poetic line. And I was like, wow, like that, that was, yeah, like came to my house homeless. There's, yeah, at the start, yeah. Anywho, okay, I feel better now. I feel like I have resolution. (laughs) All of his music is like that. It really makes you feel things in new ways about old characters. And I love that. I can name musicians all day. There's totally Canuts, who's new, uh, backlog is ever increasing and amazing they have a song they wouldn't let my wand through airport security that's just a a magical person trying to get on an airplane and not understanding very arthur weasley in the metro you know um aguamenti is a new rapper who's started coming into the scene more they are fabulous and they bring a lot of emotion a lot of anger because there's been a lot of not my minister um a song for JKR, I forget what the title of that one was, but they really speak to what the community is feeling at the time. And I think that's pretty incredible. There's a new performer, uh, Newts, you know, the, the test any WTs from the UK who is just really sweet, 
lovely, gentle things. There's music for anyone, as I said earlier, and that's the, the fun of it. So you have just shouted out a few people. So let's go off of that and head into our creator shout outs, because I know you are actually prepared for this one. So ready. So why don't you kick us off with your creator shout outs? Okay. Uh, AJ Solomon, whose song, uh, The Inherent Transness of the Werewolf Condition, is brilliantly done. That's wonderful. And I said I was prepared and now I'm completely blanking on everyone. Let me just start listing people. Tonks and the R's is a classic, so much fun Huffle Riot, the album. Um, Grace Kendall also makes you feel things. So you have to come prepared for that one, you know, ready. But like their song Looney I played recently is a perspective that not many fans would dare take, but I think it's probably not inaccurate. Ooh, um, Pussycat Dolores. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. The concept is you know, a boy band, but it's Lee singing, and it's all from Dolores Umbridge's perspective. They were one of the performers at OWL Fest last year, and OWL Fest is coming out at the end of this month again, and everyone should go because last year, the sound and the visuals were amazing, and not just from Pussycat Dolores, from everyone. That's a good shout out. Everyone just come to OWL Fest. I believe it's the 26th and 27th on Facebook. The lineup is rumored to be incredible. If it's half as good as last year, it'll be well worth the time. We'll make sure to get a link out there for that. There isn't one yet, but as soon as there is. Once there is. So hopefully by the time this releases, there is a link. I can't believe I just fell apart at the name some bands you love. I was so ready for everything else and then just completely lost it. Everyone. Everyone is wonderful. Steven, do you want to have your shout out? My shout out kind of writ large is to all of the people in this community who have created TikToks over the past handful of months. I will preface this list by saying I know there are more of you out there who I have not yet found. So this is not me listing my favorite TikTok accounts, although they happen to be many of my favorites. It is me listing a bunch of people I know from the Harry Potter fan community who I happen to have seen created TikToks. If you are someone who has created a TikTok that I did not list during this forthcoming list, just shoot us a DM. And by us, I mean Danny, and I'll make sure I get you in a shout out in future episodes. I promise. So with that in mind, I've got like oh, 12, 10 numbers or a social construct. Bradley Bakes, my guy, putting out all the hot food content on TikTok now. Potter Primos doing their thing on TikTok. Laserbrain Patchco, as if I'm not surrounded by Stina and her pins enough, created a TikTok. Nimbus Designs, Sophie, created a TikTok. Sunset Roadco, my girl Nikki, created a TikTok. Amanda, Magic Under the Stairs, doing some fun things with some of like the, like the light on, light off kind of cosplay TikTok things. Awesome content. Unpensievable. Paula, my girl, doing a temperature blanket, whatever the hell that is. 
You can check it out on TikTok. Simply Magical Susan. Name change, no longer just a sunshine state of mind. Simply Magical Susan. Awesome park content, all on TikTok. Magical Mama Chanel. Awesome content on the talk. Magical Mama Mika. Because there's a lot of magical mamas out there, not just one. Doing cool things on the TikTok. And of course, the magical Latina, Karina, doing great things in the parks, at restaurants in and around the greater Orlando area, and just strutting her stuff and doing her thing on TikTok. Finally, last but certainly not least, my girl, protector of the pins, lady of the limited edition, queen of the big fat lanyards live sales, Amy, doing her thing at the big fat TikTok. So that's who I've got for shout outs for this week. Good luck finding all those people, Danny, to tag them in the episode shout outs. I love that you mentioned TikTok though. Oh, I'm all about TikTok. You watch the cosplayers? I watch some. I am not nearly as much into cosplay as many people tend to be. And yeah, end of sentence. TikTok cosplayers, I guess, are another form of fanfic, which is what I love. They tell stories, which is amazing. Yeah, TikTok is a wonderful place for fandom. As you, as no, you're no, that's I've never once interrupted on this podcast, so that's wholly unacceptable. (laughs) As you say, cosplayers through TikTok, I am, of course, scrambling now to look up to make sure I get the names right of Haley and Michael, our good friends, lest I forget they also have TikToks and are quite popular on there with their cosplays. Hobbit party is Haley and is Michael the wizard Taylor or just wizard Taylor? I guess we're going to find out. Wizard well, interim, uh, Jeff from Speakeasy, who is working on Wizard Rock, maybe or maybe not, is also uh, on TikTok doing very funny things as puff characters at Dream Quaffle. Michael, the wizard Taylor, not wizard Taylor. I'm not sure who wizard Taylor is, but the wizard Taylor. And I know I mentioned this account the other week. Um, as far as I am concerned, I could not find an associated Instagram account for this person, but I love that their TikToks that they're doing for Harry Potter related content. That is Riley Lupin. That's at Riley.Lupin. As I mentioned on a previous episode, uh, Riley does all of these very cool kind of shipping TikToks where she takes various popular songs that are traversing the internet and kind of fits in Harry Potter ships in, in there. So all about that. Also, I think from North Carolina and um, yeah, from North Carolina. Love that. Great stuff. That's what I've got, Danny. You forgot one. The creating magic podcast now has a TikTok. You have a t- We have a TikTok. I haven't whoa, done anything whoa, whoa, with it, but it just felt appropriate to like shout that. I think it's under creating magic PC because because we're politically correct. That and they didn't let me have all the characters and create creating magic was. TikTok. Holy Christmas! We have a TikTok. Look, I don't know how to dance. I don't think Danny does either. Um, I, I've taken lessons, and I have a great video of you dancing at the cantina. Well, oh sure, that look. When taken candidly, I'm pretty good on camera. When I know I'm being filmed, I am awful. So I have no idea what, if any, content we're going to put out on this TikTok. But if you even want to follow us for the just the sheer 
hope for for the the dwindling but ever present faith that I'll put something embarrassing up on our TikTok at Creating Magic PC. No, no, it says at Creating Magic Podcast. Oh, okay, it fit then. Yeah, at Creating Magic Podcast. So don't follow Creating Magic PC. Fuck them, whoever they are. At Creating Magic Podcast for just the the potential of some awesome, and by awesome, I mean uncomfortable TikTok content. And my actual shout out, not being us, is Rodney on Instagram at One Spell Away. So he is a Potter influencer type based in the UK, I believe. And he goes through all the merch and things like that. And I met him recently on Clubhouse. So I'm going to shout him out. Boom. Beautiful. All right, I'm done. That's all I got. You sure we can discuss Harry Potter therapy? That is a thing. Something define, before I jump in excitedly, define that for me. There is a therapist whose name I can't remember, but she does pop culture like self-help books. And one of them is uh, Harry Potter. Another one is superheroes. It's just a, a way to process your feelings, what you're going through, through a familiar lens. Janina Scarlet. Yes, that is her. Harry Potter Therapy, colon, an unauthorized self-help self-help book. Let me try that again. Harry Potter Therapy, colon, an unauthorized self-help book from the restricted section. Google Books, the the description. Dear Witcher Wizard, have you read and reread the Harry Potter books? Are you someone who can quote the movies by heart? Do you still ever wonder when you will get your acceptance letter into Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry? Me too. As a diehard and proud Potterhead, my heart warms every time I hear the main theme music, Hedwig's theme. This is a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but I'm committed. Like many of you, I have been sorted on Pottermore, parentheses, House Slytherin, and parentheses, and I have my wand, parentheses, Willow, 10-inch unicorn hair, and parentheses, and robes. And for me, like for so many of you, the Harry Potter series has been life-changing. I always wanted to write a book specific to Harry Potter, my favorite fandom, and one which undoubtedly has influenced me the most. I decided that I would like to write a self-help book for you, my fellow Harry Potter fans, to help you better manage your anxiety, depression, trauma, insecurity, and other difficulties. I hope that you will join me on an enchanting exploration, nice alliteration, how Harry Potter series can help us heal and find the magic in our own lives. The proceeds of this book will be donated to mental health charities, such as Crisis Text Line and Rain, as well as Lumos and the Good Samaritan Organization. You do have your calming radio voice. See, I can, I can do a job when I have to. I just often choose not to. And it's easier when you're working from a script? That, eh, yeah, I could still get pretty nuts with the script, though. I can do a Look, I could reread that with a whole different line reading, and you'd be like, this book does not sound therapeutic whatsoever. It sounds like a thrilling horror novel. <laughs> um, I'm going to check that out, though. I, Janina Scarlet, if you go by she, her, she, her, hers pronouns, Ms. Scarlet, 
I will be purchasing your book later this evening. So uh, you may credit Wizard Radio Bess um, for uh, that sale. So before we finish up, where can we find WZRD Radio? Well, it is WZRD Radio everywhere. So uh, I guess WZRD Radio Pod everywhere. I could have gotten WZRD Radio, but that felt too brash. (laughs) So on Twitter at WZRD Radio Pod, our website is wzrdradiopod.wordpress.com. The Patreon is patreon.com slash WZRD Radio Pod. And you can email me at wzrdradiopod at gmail.com. Fun fact, I cannot say this without my uh, announcer voice. If you ask me my email, I have to pull it out in that. Thank you so much for joining us. This was fun. You're welcome. (laughs) I am so glad we got to hang out. I, I do think of you as my podcast sibling. Since we were asking yeah. the same questions at the same time in the same places. We also had that anxiety moment of like prepping to record during our first few episodes where we were both freaking out. I do still occasionally message you freaking out. It's mutual. <laughs> but this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And that is our episode. Until next time, magical friends. <laughs>